Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. Acts 1, verses 1 to 11. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote all about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the father sets by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Thank you, Josh. Mike, I'm going to hand over to you, um, all yours, mate. Okay. Um, thank you, Josh. Very well read. Thank you for that. Good Good morning, everyone. Uh, how are we all doing this morning? Hope this uh, finds you well. Um, so next week, we're going to start a series uh, in the Psalms, which I'm really looking forward to. Uh, but this, these last couple of weeks, we've spent some time looking at um, Jesus' last bit of time on earth after his uh, death, resurrection, appearing to his disciples. Um, And today we're finishing this series uh, with Jesus' ascension, his return to heaven 40 days after his resurrection. And growing up, uh, when I thought of Jesus, uh, when I I thought of this moment, um, I thought of it as as an end, as as a goodbye. Um, I read about the amazing things Jesus did, um, but then then this, this was it. Um, And here I was in the 21st century, 2,000 years away from Jesus. Um, Now, Acts is kind of a sequel to to Luke's gospel, also written by Luke. Um, And it starts with, um, in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all all that Jesus began to do and teach. So essentially saying right at the start, um, these stories recorded in the gospels, that was the start. Jesus wasn't done yet. And growing up, when I began to grasp that Jesus wasn't done yet, that Jesus transforms lives today of seeing my friends around me being changed and myself, this little glimpse of what I saw, learned, experienced, it totally changed me. And I think my my hope and prayer for this morning is that as as we glimpse, read what it looks like, for Jesus to be alive and building his kingdom today, that we would be changed too. Now, 
in this passage, uh, we've got instructions that, that Jesus gives to the disciples. We've got, we see the disciples, they ask Jesus a question, and Jesus responds to us. So this morning, really, we're going to look at the disciples, what they're asking, and what Jesus says. Um, so at this point, uh, Jesus had been with the disciples for 40 days in the time since his resurrection, teaching them about the kingdom of God. And he says to them, uh, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know whether the disciples' response to this, as we read it, was immediate, like in, like in a conversation, or when it says they, they gathered around and asked him, it was like they'd listened to what Jesus had said, had a conversation with each other, and gone back to Jesus with their big burning question. Um, and if I were to think about how the disciples might respond here, I would have thought their question might be something like, what do you mean when you say that we will be baptised with the Holy Spirit? And in the Gospels, we see the disciples ask a lot, a lot of these questions where Jesus says something and they say, essentially, what do you mean, Jesus? Lots of these questions for clarification. Um, but this isn't what they ask. But I think what they do ask um, gives us a really good insight into what's going on in the disciples' heads and hearts. So we see in the passage that they ask, um, they ask Jesus, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? So what, what do they mean by this? Well, they're saying at this time now. We've waited all this time. We've walked with you for the last three years. We've watched you as you died, you rose again. Surely now you're going to do what you came to do. So, well, they're saying, are you going to kick the Romans out now? And I feel like this is, this is like the disciples, are we there yet question. This is their question they bring to Jesus again and again. Are you going to kick the, the, um, the Romans out now? Are you going to kick the Romans out now? How about now? Um, and we saw this sort of moment a, a couple of weeks ago when Peter uh, cut off the Roman soldier's ear at Jesus' arrest. And I suppose in what the disciples are saying, they're not, they're not totally wrong. Jesus doesn't say, nope, not happening. Um, but how Jesus does respond totally blows out of the water what is in the disciples' minds and is ultimately way better. And we'll look at that in a bit. So this is what uh, is first and foremost in the minds of the disciples. They want, they want freedom, end of oppression, enemies of the Jewish people defeated, and Jesus on the throne. But, but Jesus on, on their throne, their kingdom. They're saying, Jesus, this, this is your mission, right? This is what you're going to do now. But, but this freedom... Um, what their hearts yearn for could only really be found in God's kingdom, not their own. And what I see in this question is the disciples' misunderstanding of the kingdom of God and why Jesus came. Uh, we can often maybe give the disciples a hard time, but um, we can also ask similar questions of God now. Um, God, can you do dot, dot, dot now? 
um, God, I know, I know what it means for things to be, to be really good and what that looks like. And that looks like this. So can you just make that happen? Um, there's little moments where we pray, my kingdom come, uh, my will be done. And now, um, so I'm, I'm, an, I'm an internal processor, generally. I tend to think about what I say, and um, it's not always a clear and well-trodden pathway uh, from my head or heart to, to the words that come out of my mouth. And there will be lots of reasons for that, uh, the way I'm wired, my family, my culture. Um, but I know and have learned that a big reason why I might be naturally pretty cautious in the way I communicate is that I really value and can put a high premium on what other people think of me. I equate true freedom to being truly accepted. I want to feel accepted and valued by other people and, and then I'll be truly alive, truly free. You see, in my kingdom, uh, where I am king, I am, I am all, all loved and, and accepted. But, but in reality, what happens is I might end up not talking for, for fear of not being loved and not being accepted. And, and that's no freedom at all. My kingdom enslaves me. And we all have those things we long for and yearn for that drive our behavior and our emotions. And they can only be fulfilled in God's kingdom, not our own, free from ifs and buts, based on the certainty of what God's done for us and the promises that he has made us. I can only really know true acceptance if I know that I'm accepted in Christ. And not on a superficial level that I would measure on, but on a Jesus knows every hair on my head, every motive of my heart, and he died for me. We build up our own little kingdoms to meet our emotional and physical needs. Um, but God's kingdom is so much better. That's why Jesus spoke so much about it. And ultimately what he died to establish and grow. And I want us to catch a glimpse of that this morning as we see how Jesus responds to the disciples' question. So the, dis um, the disciples' question essentially asks, what are you going to do now, Jesus? What are you going to do? But Jesus responds, well, this is what you're going to do with me through the Holy Spirit. Um, but the disciples' question is, is one of passivity. Jesus' response is all about relationship, an invitation into relationship. Um, so we've looked at the disciples, what was going on inside their heart at this time. And now we're going to see how Jesus speaks into that, how what Jesus says and promises will totally transform the disciples. Um, so let's just read together how Jesus responds to the disciples' question. Um, he says, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. These were the last words Jesus said um, before he ascended to heaven. And 
um, in the in the two things that Jesus says, kind of sandwiched around um, the disciples' question in the passage, um, he, he kind of gives two instructions. Firstly, before their question, we have stay in Jerusalem, wait and receive. I know that's kind of, that's three instructions really, but, but bear with me. Um, and then afterwards we have, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So you've got, you've got wait and receive, and then you've got action, go. And at the heart of these two actions is the Holy Spirit. And I think both of these commands are crucial to our understanding of our relationship with God and his kingdom. Why does Jesus say wait? And why does Jesus say go? So why has, the, why has Jesus told the disciples to wait? Well, in the next chapter, Pentecost happens. The disciples are told to wait so that they will be filled with the Holy Spirit a third person of the Trinity. Um, we see here uh, that the Holy Spirit isn't just important in God's kingdom, it is at the heart of the kingdom and it is the power of God's kingdom. Imagine that, that Jesus had replied, um, it is not for you to know the times or dates uh, the Father has set by his own authority, but you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth totally different. Um, now, do you ever have those moments where you just have that, have that sinking feeling in your stomach? Um, maybe think back to when you open an exam, you're sat in the exam room in an exam hall, you open an exam paper and you see reams of empty lined paper. Um, I feel like I can remember that feeling pretty vividly, thinking, I know I have to produce something here, but I have no idea how. I actually think uh, it's one of the most common bad dreams people have, is that when, they, when they're kind of in the exam hall, they haven't studied, they've got no idea what, what they're doing. Um, I don't know, have you, have, you, have you had that one? But um, I wonder if that's the sort of feeling the disciples might have had at this time. What, what is Jesus asking us to do? How? I wonder if that's a, a feeling that, that you might have had recently. But Jesus told the disciples to wait and receive the Holy Spirit. And a chapter later, the disciples are filled with the Holy Spirit and it changes everything. And it changes everything for us too. Um, what does it mean to be, to be filled to receive the Holy Spirit? Well, we are filled with the Holy Spirit when we, when we declare Jesus as Lord, when we give our lives to him. Um, it's, it's by his spirit we are united together in Christ as his church. And this is something we can, we can have full confidence in. Um, but we can also continue to receive the spirit. Like how um, we have been saved, justified through Jesus' death on the cross, but we also continue to be saved as God transforms us every day um, to, be, to be more like him. And I think it can be so easy for us to be, to be 
doers. Um, so sometimes I quite, I quite like doing um, practical chores around the house because it's, it's achievable and it's pretty simple. Um, I don't have to uh, engage emotionally. I can just do. I find, and so I find it uh, way easier to get up, go downstairs, um, empty the dishwasher, put a load of washing on, etc., than I do just to just to sit and spend time with God. Um, but in that waiting that um, that Jesus commanded, it's it's not it's not passive. Um, I was challenged a week or so ago uh, in some teaching when they said, uh, are you open to the Holy Spirit or, or, are, you, or are you hungry? And he gave um, the analogy of a wife asking a husband for a kiss and the husband just saying, I'm, I'm open. I mean, that, that is so, so limp, so, so loveless, so lifeless. There's a big difference between being open and being hungry. Um, and we are in a time right now of isolation, social distancing, uncertainty. Um, and the only hope for the disciples, for their uncertainties, for their worries, is the Holy Spirit. And, that, and it's the same for us today. And then Jesus says, says go. So verse 8, uh, verse 8 here says, um, but you will receive my power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And I think this verse speaks massively about what relationship with Jesus looks like. We just spoke about uh, Jesus' command to wait and acknowledge the importance for um, that it's not by our power, our might, it's by the Holy Spirit. Um, but that waiting is not passivity. Um, when the disciples asked Jesus, what are you going to do? There, there's no involvement of themselves in what they think is going to happen next. But what Jesus says is very different. In, we see in verse 5, Jesus says, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, to be, to be baptized is to be immersed. Not uh, you'll, you'll dip your toe in, or at times you'll be, you'll be full of the Spirit, and at times you won't. Um, there's, there's nothing standoffish here. Jesus promises the disciples they will be fully immersed in the Spirit, fully immersed in him. But now, when we think of, of how we relate to the Holy Spirit, this is not a, a puppet, puppet master situ situation where we're like, you know, okay, um, what are you gonna do with me, me next, Lord? Um, if, if we are filled, immersed in the Holy Spirit, then, then there is no part of us, our, our emotions, that is not reached, not touched by him. So whatever our lives look like, whether we, we work full time or we're not working, we're young or old, we're scientists or lawyers, we work for the church, the government, through his Holy Spirit, God puts relationship 
at the heart of building his kingdom. To be a witness of Jesus in whatever sphere, stage of life we're in, is at the heart of it, this, the same for everyone. It is relationship with God. Through the Holy Spirit, we are intertwined with Christ. Now, this passage finishes with Jesus ascending to heaven, the disciples watching on, uh, two men dressed in white stood next to them um, and say, men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Um, my, my first reaction on, on this kind of comment would be that it's a little harsh, maybe. I mean, like, you know, why are you still looking? I mean, I'm just kind of, I'm looking at one of the most remarkable events in human history ever. That, I mean, that, that's why I'm looking. Um, but the disciples were not just to be looking on anymore. They were to wait, to receive the Holy Spirit, and then to go, to be Jesus' witnesses to the ends of the earth. These, these disciples were transformed from onlookers staring up at the sky and pretty clueless and afraid to those who would take the gospel to the ends of the earth, laying down any idea of their own kingdom or security for God's, all through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we see this, this transformation, this story, um, unfold throughout uh, the book of Acts. And, and we see this story unfold today. When, when I saw God's power to, to transform, it changed my life. So what are we going to do? Are we going to look on from that place of, of fear and uncertainty, cling on to our earthly hopes? Or will we wait? and receive God's promised gift to us, his spirit. Will we do that today? And, and will we go? Will we be a witness for Jesus? So I'm going to pray now, and then I'm going to hand over to Callan, who's going to lead us in response as we worship. Um, Father God, I thank you so much for bringing us in. In, uh, into relationship with you. I thank you so much for the promise of your Holy Spirit that, um, that you are with us. And I pray, Lord, that you would lead us this morning, you'd lead us um, this week to, to wait on you, to, to hunger for you, Lord. And I pray that, um, yeah, as you wait, as we wait on, on you, you would lead us, you would lead us as we go. I pray that even this morning you would be speaking into our hearts, you would be, um, yeah, just speaking really clearly to us, giving us dreams that as we wait upon you, you would be sending us out. Yeah, we praise you this morning, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.